All right, so humble beginnings. Welcome to the Camera Therapy Podcast. I am Damian Armstrong. I am Aline Morteza. And we are starting this. I guess I'll start with some of my background about how I got into film and what I've what I've done until now, just briefly. I did a little bit of film school. So I finished the one year and didn't continue for the full four-year program. And then I just did a mix of projects, thing, everything from weddings to commercial stuff. Uh, shot some shorts. I've worked on some features. And just have a well-rounded experience with how this industry works, especially because I was working at a camera store. I'm not going to name which one, but... It is the one that's really well known for professional solutions. So I got to see a mix of clientele, some people that wanted to do um, wedding videography, some people who just wanted to travel. And then you had your uh, production companies coming through as well. All right. So my story, uh, pretty much I started in film school as well. The joke is, is that me and Aline actually, when I, when Aline just finished, I essentially just started. So we actually missed each other by a year. We went to the same school for the same program, but just completely missed each other, unfortunately. But it's all good because we crossed, crossed paths eventually. Yeah. So I went to film school just like Aline did. Uh, did a year of it. Was supposed to go back for three years. Couldn't decide why I was actually going to do it. Should you go to film school? Find that out in a different episode. So anyway, uh, did that for a year. Came out. Uh, did an internship for corporate didn't mind it but corporate culture was not for me it couldn't be in a box so and then i pretty much started on a whim i was a broke college student that year 2013 my sister was getting married i said hey look you know i always told myself i was never going to become a wedding videographer because there's a stigma in the film industry for some reason about wedding videography but i shot her wedding for free in that i kind of discovered like the potential with shooting weddings um, and then I just kept the ball rolling with that. So I've been filming weddings for like four years now and that's going good. And pretty much this is kind of the next step. In between that time, I actually started working at the camera store. We're not going to say a name. I mean, that's where I actually ran into Aline again. The yeah. joke is I actually tell them like how I actually met you the first time. Yeah, the first time was actually um, I didn't I don't I hardly remember it because you said you walked in as a customer yeah. and I apparently sold you some things. Um, not like a salesman, but like we talked about what you needed, which is my approach. Um, and we figured out what you wanted and you walked away. I think it was a tripod and slider or something like that at the time. Yes. Yeah, so I got a tripod and then I got a slider for me. <laughs> yeah. And I don't remember this because I walked like so many people get this stuff. Guys, he was super helpful though. He was super patient because I had like 50 million questions and that like continued. Like when I started working there, Aline's the type of guy where like he just knows a lot about the technical side of cameras and he knows a lot about a lot of different types of cameras right and up until that point like i did not know i barely understood like the science behind shutter speed and like i was more of like a hands-on like i just shoot and feel things out but i didn't understand why this does this and why this does that but once I got to know him, it's like we kind of rubbed off on each other in different ways. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like when, when him and I met, we just became buddies like that at the store. And uh, we pretty much got to a point where we couldn't take it no more. And we ended up quitting. Yeah, around the same time. <laughs> around the same time. Yeah, we so. wanted to just walk out together, but that was just too dramatic and yeah. wouldn't accomplish anything. Yeah, that wasn't going to happen that day. But, no. uh, but you know, we both left and a lot of other people left and... Uh, 
so that's that yeah um, briefly wanted to bring back what you said about the stigma with um wedding videography uh, i don't know i definitely know what you're talking about in terms of at the time when you started i think it was definitely there but correct me if i'm wrong but i almost see like the opposite is now happening where there's so many people online teaching people how to do wedding videography and running a business and making stuff that looks on par with what people call like Hollywood level films that people kind of see wedding films a lot differently than when you were trying to start yeah I would say that's true I would definitely say that's true but you know it's funny even today I was shooting uh, an anniversary party for a couple's wedding that I shot about two or three years ago and there was a photographer there and he just came out of like school uh, ironically he came from the same school we came from for photography and he's just like yeah i don't want to shoot weddings i'm like oh why not and he's just like oh yeah you know like he had the same like kind of vibe mentality like most people do about weddings and i'm like dude i'm like it is good money okay it's good money Mm -hmm. and there's still an opportunity there there's still an opportunity that like at first i thought oh this is just good money but it's it's bigger than that there's creativity and storytelling honestly if you go online and you watch a lot of uh wedding videography uh you'll notice a lot of people shoot the same you'll even notice the photos a lot of people do a lot of the same poses you just got to figure out how you're going to make yourself stand out what you're going to do differently and that's kind of like what I guess when Aline first met me, I showed him my wedding videos, and I don't know if you want to expand on how you felt. Yeah, and slightly to talk about how I felt about weddings at the time was exactly what you said. I said um, not to hate on people who shoot weddings, but I didn't want to shoot weddings myself because I don't like dealing with clients. I would much rather be focused on either something technical or creative, but I don't want to deal with people who don't really understand the work but still want and have expectations. Um, but then you showed me your work and it opened my eyes to how differently people can shoot weddings because even now, the way you shoot weddings, you're evolving and changing. But from what I had seen up until that point was a very, very basic and generic way of just event coverage and putting it together with music. Um, and then you have a long edit, which basically wasn't even cleaned up. You've got a lot of boring parts sitting there. And I'm like, why would I want to do something like this? And like, yeah, I'll maybe make four to five grand a wedding on average, but I, won't, I wouldn't be fulfilled. But your stuff kind of opened my eyes to the potential. So with weddings, I guess let's kind of start how um, our journeys were. You, you wanted to know what camera to get when you yes. joined because you started shooting on was it a t3i was that your first camera i started on a t4i, T4i. yeah started on t4i uh that actually let's let's okay t4i was my first real camera i actually started on like a handy cam like one of those little handheld cameras then i went to a t4i uh honestly man if you guys are just starting out and this will be a different topic in a different podcast but if you're just starting out Canon's Rebel series is great and I will leave it at that because I don't want to expand too far into it but my camera journey was a T4i then I went to a 6D which is a full frame Canon camera then I went to the GH5 now I'm on the GH5S have I you know what when I was going for the GH5 I was actually contemplating between the GH5 and the a6500 because it's small it's a great camera and it packs a lot of power. It's discreet. I love fading into the background. Um, it's got great stabilization. It's a great low light camera for what it is. And you throw that 18 to 105 on it. Uh, it's a G Master lens and it's not too expensive. And you got a bomb ass camera for a lot of great situations. So 
Um, in short, that's where I'm at now. I had the I own the GH5S now because uh, they built it with a better sensor or a better yeah a better sensor where the colors are far better than what you would see on the GH5. GH5 has a bit of a green tint. Uh, GH5S is almost close to what you'd see on Canon. It looks beautiful. Um, so that's where I'm at in my camera journey. You want to talk about your camera journey? Yeah, yeah. Um, my first camera ever, um, I would shoot on my parents' Handycam, the family camera, uh, whenever we had like family events. Um, and I found that really fun. I would, I'd love just playing with like the rocker zoom, just going in and out. And it's like kind of, I really like to test and see the like the limits of things. So I would just take that camera and do the stupidest things that people put it probably shouldn't be doing with cameras. But I kind of wanted to see what makes things break, um, in a in a way where how can I make use what I have to get a really creative result that it wasn't really intended for, but you can find a way. Uh, so I got that's where I really started and I was maybe like seven or eight years old with that thing and I didn't really have a formal camera after that until my uncle actually gifted uh, the family a a Nikon D3100 and that thing is ancient now I still have it but the great thing about it was the whole DSLR revolution people were like amazed at how you can get a shallow depth of field and that was probably the biggest thing that made everyone who's shooting video want to shoot on a DSLR because they're like, I need that shallow depth of field look. It's more cinematic. It's more professional. And those are all true. But I'll get into later why those things don't make your video automatically good. But after that, I upgraded to a... Actually, I didn't purchase a camera for years. I used that for a very long time. I always rented when I needed one because I didn't have the income to spend. Primarily, what did you rent? Primarily, I would rent a C100 Mark II um, around the time when it did come out. It was a C100 Mark I and a II. And I liked it because I got... Um, I was more gearing towards a cinema production camera and I didn't really like which at the time mirrorless cameras didn't exist DSLRs and all those types of cameras had you basically had to change everything on the menus and that's something I didn't want to deal with if I'm shooting anything I just want to be able to quickly change my settings on the camera and the C series at the time did that on a really entry level price so that's why I chose the camera um, and then now I shoot primarily on, when I rent, it's going to be a Fuji system or that's my go-to. Like if I'm just doing a client work that doesn't have any special requirements, I would love to shoot on Fuji because I like the skin, skin tones. But right now I'm actually just shooting on my phone as my daily driver. That's literally what I use to shoot and edit right now, which I know sounds weird to some of you, but I'll get into why later. All right, so that's our camera journeys. And I think you forgot to mention that you actually bought an X-T3. Right, I did buy an X-T3 at some point, and which I have now sold since. Um, because one, I don't, I can't, I don't shoot weddings the way Damien does. I don't have a consistent workflow where I always need a camera. So it doesn't make sense for me to own one. And when I do projects, it's far and few in between when I do, I'll be renting. Because I'm not a... I'm not someone who runs my own business or I don't primarily shoot all the time. I do a variety of different work. Um, owning a camera just doesn't make sense for me, which is a big reason why I shoot on my phone now. Awesome. You want to tell people what phone you're shooting on? 
So currently I have the iPhone 10s, which is now a generation behind. Um, so you've got, what makes it a great camera to shoot with is they're doing a lot of stuff that I would already be doing in post in camera for me. So high dynamic range is something that I struggled with, with shooting on a traditional camera because now I have to shoot and log and then I have to correct the correct the image in post and bring it back to what I want it to look like later. Um, you can still shoot and log on the phone, by the way, but you don't really need to because it just does such a great job for most situations where you've got your highlights and shadows both in exposure because it's actually processing that in real time. Cameras don't do it, but they great, give you this huge um, information to work with. Like it's all there, but you have to pull it out and you have to know how to do that. And that's time in your workflow that I don't want to spend when I'm making simple videos, maybe even, even some music videos, like I wouldn't take the time to shoot them in a way where it's not going to give you a return on your investment in both money and time. Not everybody's going to be shooting something that's gonna bring them money. If you're shooting something for, for your portfolio and you wanna invest, that's great. But in today's age, if you're just trying to put content out, most people are watching their stuff on their phone. Um, shooting as quickly and as efficiently as possible has been the name of the game for me. And that is why the phone right now is my daily driver for not only shooting, but also I edit on it with LumaFusion, which I can play smooth, no hiccups, which is something that's bothered me about traditional editing systems. That is a game changer, by the way, guys. LumaFusion is serious. It's a one-time fee you pay. I think it's like $30. Yeah, $30, $40, something like um, that. Coming from someone who doesn't even have an iPhone right now, I've spent the past like three days trying to get my girlfriend to get a good software that because she has an xt30 at home but she wants to be able to film videos on her phone up to upload quickly kind of like what you yeah like saying, you right? don't want that workflow exactly so she wants a quicker workflow so she's trying to use her phone so she tried to edit on her android and we got the s9 so it's not even like we're that far behind the s10 just came out but like that's still relevant so it's like she's trying to edit on her s9 and adobe rush sucks adobe clip sucks and then there's a bunch of other like video editing programs on the Android that just are not that great or you upload a video or you, you got restrictions. try to export a video, you got restrictions, you can only export in 720p or you know, there's pro features missing and like, it's just a mess. And if y'all got a better editing software, hit me up. Maybe I don't know and you're the plug and you need to inform me. But as of right now, my girlfriend was literally losing it for the past two days at home. And I'm just like, yo, I'm in Toronto, I can't help you. So uh, that's what that is. So. That's my journey. I don't know if we have anything else to say as far as introductions are concerned. I think we, we've pretty much given a full picture from where we started to where we are now. I think we should talk about why we started this. First of all, we decided we were gonna do this like last weekend. Yeah. And we didn't want to complicate it too much. Alina and I have learned a lot about camera stuff and we have watched a lot of videos. Thousands of hours. Thousands of hours of videos. And we've come to the point where we go on YouTube and there's certain things that people will say and we have an opinion and there's certain things that they're not saying and we have an opinion so we thought like you know what if we're gonna have an opinion let's share it let's talk about it let's argue that let's throw it out there so that's why we're here unless you have anything else to expand on that but i feel you like know, i think we can go right into it
Okay, guys, so that's the first episode of the Camera Therapy Podcast. Um, Check out our new episodes, guys. They'll be dropping, I can't even give you a time right now, but probably weekly, if not bi-weekly, probably bi-weekly. We'll see. But either way, guys, thank you for listening and stay tuned for more. If you guys have any questions about or just any questions based on anything we spoke about earlier, let us know. Make sure to follow the podcast if you want to keep up to date with all the episodes that we're going to drop. And if you want to be amazing, leave us a review. Give us a like. Follow us on Instagram at the Camera Therapy Podcast. And yeah, guys, stay tuned for more.